my conclusion out of all this is that most of the research about coffee has been what I call research into the technical details of brewing coffee, the temperature and the grinding and That's the right. micro-measuring of this and that. And, you know. But it's only part of the experience. Welcome to the Blandy Coffee Podcast. All coffee, no sugar. The original podcast dedicated to strip away the buzz, the marketing spin and the hype by getting under the hood and giving you all coffee, no sugar. The only coffee podcast show, motivating you to take action and accelerate your results with your coffee and your business by sharing tools, resources, ideas, reviews and interviews which work on getting you the biggest results by concentrating on the important small things. Now here's your host, Patrizio Blandi. Welcome to the Blandy Coffee Podcast, all coffee, no sugar. I'm your host, Patrizia Blandy. I'm also the owner and coffee roaster for Blandy Coffee. Blandycoffee.com is my website and it is where you can find more information that can help you improve your coffee and improve your coffee experience. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. That only means that you'll be automatically notified when a new episode is available. This is episode 10. This is the final part to the interview I had with Ian Bernstein. This is part three of the interview. Before I go to the interview, I would like to quickly go through some key points of this final part of the interview. I would like to start by saying I agree with Ian on a few topics that we discuss in this episode, especially on the topic on instant coffee. I think we both agree that there is no pleasure in drinking instant coffee. There are other ways you can drink fresh coffee that will be as quick as instant coffee, but more pleasurable to drink. You have an aroma, the whole atmosphere about making the coffee and the flavor of the actual coffee that you will experience. We also talk about how there is so much hype and spin in the coffee world. And it makes it very confusing for you to make a decision on what coffee to buy or try. This is what I'm trying to do with this show. I'm trying to strip away all the hype and marketing spin to give you all coffee, no sugar. To give you the information that you need to know to find absolutely beautiful coffee. And it's not very hard. We talk about the science on how your feelings, choices and taste about food or coffee can be affected by sounds, smells and even the atmosphere. Ian, in this final part, gives a tip about how cafes can be successful and also how marketing is an integral part to a business. So now to the final part of the interview, here is Ian Bernstein. You've written four books? Yeah. You've written one in 1993? Yeah. Coffee, Coffee Flies, T6. T6. You wrote another one in 1999? 1999? Yep. That was Coffee, Sex, Sex and, and Health. Yep. Then one in 2009? Yep. That was T, How Tradition Stood in the Way of the Perfect Cup. Yep. And then you've written, uh, is it an article or something in 2010? Oh, a new approach that. to tea or something? I've written, I've written another book about tea. They are all what I call counter 
intuitive to the market. The market has been bullshit and hypnotised to mm-hmm. for so many years, it's almost incapable of accepting the fact. It's the same as people who believe in a flat earth. All of a sudden, somebody comes and says, no, the earth is round. And, <laughs> they think they're lunatic. And, 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 and the Pope says, if you say that again, I'll, put, I'll, you know, I'll burn you at the stake. <laughs> You know, and everyone says, yeah, that's right, you know, he, he's a bullshit, stop him. You know? So it, it's very difficult to get information over to the mob. That's what right. else can I tell you? It is. And I think not many people know about coffee. They stay, like It's starting to pick up now and you have all these cafes around where it's starting to get popular. But there's still people are drinking, like, uh, still drinking instant coffee and... I think there is much better coffee out there that you can drink. It well, takes the same time, like what you just did there. You put your the filter, you, you put a, two teaspoons of coffee, spun it around. It took you no more than two minutes to make. 30 seconds, please. Boil the water, two yeah. minutes, and it takes the same time as instant. The only thing you're going to have different to instant it's is... a much better cup. A better cup, a beautiful aroma, and a probably a little bit of mess you have to clean up at the end. You know, clean yeah. the cup. But it, it, you know, you but see, it just goes to show how little people care about coffee in general, right? Because sales of instant coffee in Australia are still about 55%. They were 90 yeah. So it's swinging slowly. But that's a new generation. The older generation think instant coffee is fine. I look at instant coffee and I say, there's no, no pleasure in it. There's no pleasure in that. It's like looking at a Playboy magazine or a real girl. I mean, you know, there's no comparison. You get the smell, you get the... Sure. The, all the sensations happening. Yeah, but you see, the hype's taken over. The hype, they associate the hype from Nescafe with enjoying the cup of coffee. I mean, I, in quote, I'm just quoting in my new book, there's a, a bloke in England, the Nespresso machine Dolce Gusto was able to increase sales by 22% by product placement. They placed it in a TV program in England, a breakfast program, sales went up 22%. What's it got to do with coffee? I mean, did you convince people? No, they didn't even pay. And so, so it's just like idiots. It's just like idiots who say without tasting that something doesn't work. I mean... I exhibited at the Shanghai Tea and Coffee Expo and an American girl you know, who allegedly was there on a stand promoting excellence came over and without even tasting the coffee says, this won't make good coffee. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Hit her over the head or... I mean, <laughs> I mean you can't... That, that's, that's what I find too. It's, it's, yeah. it's sheer in arrogance. I've actually so, heard a, a coffee shop tell me that a representative of one of the coffee roasters walk into the shop, arrogantly going, "Oh, those beans are too too dark. That's crap coffee." And he wanted to take the beans out of him and show him, "Look, try my ones." And the guy's going, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm happy with my coffee." Um, sure. Yeah, you get that. So, I think coffee has become so complicated in people's minds that they have lost their confidence to actually do very much. They, 
the more they lose their confidence, the more they rely on experts to tell them what to do. And the more they look up websites and there's all these ideas and confusion. And it's very hard. I mean, it's easy for me. I can look at a website and say, oh, this is bullshit. This bloke copied it from somewhere and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But for the average person, oh, it sounds reasonable. So I've actually got a part in my new book of 26 myths, which ones are true and which ones are false. Well, we've already demonstrated to you, I don't know whether to your complete satisfaction, that you can, in fact, freeze coffee. I'm curious and interested in seeing that because there's a lot of talk about it sure. and, and no one's actually proven anything You're scientifically. Right. But we did measure this coffee. It was 332 and it's exactly <laughs> 332. So, so it didn't attract any moisture, did it? So that's one um, proof of fact. No, see, I mean... It's the only proof that's necessary. If something attracts moisture, the moisture must be added to the substance. If I put that sponge into water, right, it'll attract water. It's added moisture. If I weigh it, I can see the difference. It's kind of perfect proof, right? That you don't need to go. How can moisture be added to something without changing the weight? Yep, I, I saw I saw that in what you've done there. Um, I just want to explain it to the listeners. We we had coffee in the fridge freezer in the freezer for two years. For two years, uh, we've taken it out and weighed it, and it was three hundred and thirty-two. And then I think we've been here for an hour and a half, at least an hour and a half. Yep, there was it, no additional weight to it. It was exactly the same. What came out of the freezer it was exactly yeah. what we had here. The only interesting thing I would do, just to have the, another side of it, is to test it, roasting the coffee, putting it into the freezer, and weighing it before you put it into the, uh, the freezer, and then weighing it on the way out. You and do see the, if that, you I'm going to try that. You do the test, that, and you tell me. That, that is Sorry. an interesting... I know, I know that it won't... On work. the way out, I, I saw that, and I think that's something I'll be doing, is just to have a look if there is... Sure. And additional moisture added sure. on the way in. See, one of the things about coffee is that people get themselves out on a limb. In other words, they make a statement. And the hardest thing for the average person is to admit that they've made a mistake. So once they're out on a limb and they've said it, no matter what the facts are, they have to keep saying it because otherwise it's like throwing my hands up. I was an idiot. I made a mistake. I now have found the truth. Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't let anybody think that I made a mistake. What I think, uh, you know, the Immaculate Virgin or something like that, forget it. You know, you made a mistake, you made a mistake. Too bad. Move on. But they can't. So they keep repeating it. You know. it it's about facts. Uh, and, and that's what I look at. And like what you showed me here, um, mm. it's an interesting, I've never thought about doing it this way. It, it's actually a very interesting way of doing it. Sure. Try try the same thing at home and, and see what happens with that because there is a lot of myth and just to prove one part of it to say Look, whether it does yeah. add moisture or not. Everything that you hear and see about coffee, doubt it until, and, and you can say to the person, prove it. I've done it with the grinder. Yep. I made espresso coffee with a grinder. I mean, you know, I'm not supposed to be able to do that. 99 out of 100 experts in the world will say, not possible. 
he must have he must have snuck in some coffee to pour you. <laughs> oh, work. there was no mirrors here. There's no, no, there's no mirrors. No, there's no mirrors. The smoke. But it's so, it's so many of so many of these things. I mean, another thing that people say is you can't use a spice grinder because the particle size varies. I agree, it varies. And then they say you can't make good coffee with variable size particles. Excuse me. Who said that? I mean, when I make chips, or when I buy chips, are the chips all identical? You know, nine centimetres long, and I know that they're, you know, 80 millimetres wide, but do they all have to be 90 millimetres? No. How is it I can make chips with different sizes and they taste okay? Yeah. Because theoretically, it's exactly the same as brewing coffee. The, the chips, the small chips, cook faster than the big ones. Do I see do I see any big difference in the No I don't. Why not? I mean examine every proposition that yep. is put to you about coffee. There are too many examples of people who reckon they can taste coffee and they can't recognise their own coffee or they give them two coffees and they can't tell they reckon they're both different. I mean, what's going on out there? These people are bullshit. Yeah. And the same thing happens in the wine industry. People can't recognise the same wine, right? Twice. It's it's, it's a well established fact. I, I think to the normal average everyday user, it would be very very difficult. Maybe to an expert that's had many years of experience, might find a slight difference. But it is a slight difference, but not but all of them. It's a it's it, it's a an art. Like sure, you've got to be a, involved in it look, for a lifetime, really. To look, really I can remember answer. this must be back in twenty years ago. I was asked to be a, a coffee judge at the Sydney Royal Sydney Show Easter oh, okay, Show, yeah, yeah. and I said to the I'd been the a judge the year before, and I said to the the woman involved, I said, I don't think I'm qualified to be a, a judge, and she said to me, Ian, if you're not qualified, who is? <laughs> And I said, exactly. So I went down to Adelaide, because I've got a wine university down there. I went to saw the general manager the, to ask him, how do you train to become a coffee taster? And his first words to me were, see that machine there? That's an electronic nose. It can tell the difference between white wine and red wine, and wine experts can't. And all of a sudden, all was revealed. You see, it was all everything was bullshit. The whole, the whole bloody thing. So, from I just mentioned that in, in as an interesting. Aside. That is interesting facts. Talking to people to find those facts and well, I'm writing a new book. It will talk in depth about these things. I won't bore you, but you can change coffee from being uh, non-bitter to bitter just by playing different music. Now, you probably didn't know that. But there's actually been a test, and it proves that you can make coffee. There's a lot of, actually, I do believe it, and um, there's an actual experiments people have taken and by playing, by I can't remember what it was, but by playing music yeah. or by pl uh, giving different fragrances yeah, yeah, yeah. gives you different... Uh, outcomes completely different for the same product, and I didn't, and I can't, I couldn't believe how strong. Look, that I've was. been into the, I've seen in a tasting room in Sydney by a very large company, where they taste soups and all sorts of other things, but coffee as well, 
they've got a tasting room, and the tasting room's got, I don't know, four or five windows, wooden windows, you can't see through them. And there's a person sitting on the other side who's a qualified taster. They make a cup of coffee on this side, identical for everybody. They lift up the window, shove it through to the other side, right? Let them take. They change the flavour of the coffee by changing from incandescent light to ultraviolet to infrared. Right? They change the flavour of the coffee by changing the colour. I've actually heard a lot of things, um, especially like restaurants, the way they, the way they light. Yeah, the light, sure. Even the way music yeah. affects the way people buy wine. Sure. You know, yeah. if you play French music, people tend to drink more French wine than that, Italian that's, wine. That's another experiment in North London, exactly the same. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing, that, the psychology behind... Sure. My conclusion out of all this is that most of the research about coffee has been what I call research into the technical details of brewing coffee, the temperature and the grinding and That's the right. micro-measuring of this and that. And, you know. But it's only part of the experience. I'll give you an example of what I'm really talking about. If I say to you, um, what's flying like? And you say, the answer is, well, here's the specification of the engines and here's the specifications of the wing design and here's the specifications of the seats. And I say, right, the following four airlines all use the same plane. Am I going to get the same experience? No. Why not? And it's the same with coffee. You can have all those technical elements the same and the experience is different. So what's going on out there? What is going on? That's an important insight which I give to you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I mean, you know, I would say spaghetti, you know. <laughs> I, I could take you to, a, to the, you know, the, the greasiest spoon in town and give you an identical plate of spaghetti to, you know, at an expensive Italian restaurant. And you say, oh, no, that's shit. And this is terrific. I mean, yeah. they're identical spaghetti. Identical, you know, pomodoro and all the rest of it. You know, what? What the hell's going on out there? So, I see that a lot. Um, I've actually been to a cafe. It's a very beautiful cafe. I would take anyone that I, friends, family, yeah. to go to this cafe. It's beautiful. Yeah. You, uh, it's, it's got animals. You sit there and you just. Uh, it's a beautiful experience that you do going yeah. to that cafe. The coffee's not great, but it's absolutely packed. Because people, people judge it by that. Because it's got a wonderful experience. It gives you that yeah. uh, pleasure to, to, you say, oh, I've got this lovely uh, sure. place to go and show you, you know. Yeah. It, you, you encourage your friends to go and yeah. tell them about it. But you Where is it, a, by the way? It's in Alexandria. They've spent a lot of money doing up the place. It's, it's an amazing place. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. But I know another coffee shop that makes absolutely beautiful coffee. But it's not as packed. Skiffle, but it's just how different that is. It's sure, it's different atmosphere. Atmosphere changes everything. The atmosphere has a, a lot to do yeah. with it. Yeah. What has put you out of your comfort zone in your time in business? Dealing with people who are egomaniacs and who are psychopaths. <laughs> that's not easy. So I'm a gentle sort of bloke mm -hmm. who believes on deciding things rationally. 
But when you deal with people who are psychopaths and who believe in power for its own, that's difficult. And I just withdraw. So that's been the worst. That's been the worst part of being in business. You might find difficulty with that too. I think um, most people do. Hey? Business is tough. Yeah, well, business is tough, but, but most employees who've got psychopath bosses, they also find it tough. I enjoy not so much the business side of it. I more enjoy the, the coffee side of it. Well, and, and, you know, you're, like you're, doing you're, the podcast and sure. learning. That, that's sure. what I enjoy. Yeah. Looking back at your career, was there anything you w- would change? Uh, yes. Yes. I would have done what one other person did in Sydney. They went to a public relations person when they opened, on the day they opened, and said, here's $10,000, spend it on my business. And they made a terrific success of it, and I never spent any money on public relations. That's what I would change. So that's a big part, you reckon, in business? Oh, absolutely. It's the (laughs) bullshit that wins. If I can improve your business, you know, double it with, with probably $100,000 worth of PR. Right? I think it will improve with that much money. Hey? <laughs> well, I mean, that's not the way it was, but it's the way it is now. Thank you for inviting me to your house as well. Um, that's all right. That's I've had right. a good time. That's all right. I, I'm going to give you something I don't think you've ever had. Have you ever eaten this fruit? No. Wow. You can take those and grow them in your garden. That's very, very sweet. It tastes like a... Combination between passion fruit and pineapple. Yes, yes. <laughs> what is it? It's called the Monsterio Delicioso. Oh, that's lovely. That is absolutely beautiful. So I, I, I knew... I've never had anything like that. It's just... Is your wife an Italian family? No, she's South Korean. Oh, she's never had it either. No, she um, Do you find this in your travels, did you? No, no, no. This is quite a common thing in Australia, but it's not common for immigrants. They don't know about it. I'll give you this. Oh, okay. Just wait till it falls off. So right. You've got to let, let it... let it wait fall. a little bit more. Yeah, you let, wait to fall off, and you've got to use a fork. Okay? okay. Come, into the, come into the back room, yep. and I'll show you my books. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have enjoyed my interview with Ian Bernstein. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review on iTunes so you can help many more people just like yourself to find this podcast so they can improve their experience and improve their coffee. Please visit blandycoffee.com to find more information on how you can improve your coffee and your coffee experience. So bye from me, and I'll see you on the next episode. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you for listening to the Blandy Coffee Podcast. All coffee, no sugar. Subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episode. Visit blandycoffee.com to get links and resources mentioned in this episode. And download the PDF, which contains a full transcription of the episode. Enjoy your coffee and bye for now.